Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 26. And oh, buddy, we got some stuff to talk about this week. We have brawls, we have suspensions, there's more trade rumors coming out of Canada, there's some waiver claims, more freaking milestones to talk about. The Toronto Maple Leafs took on the Calgary Flames this week, my two, uh, well, 1A and 1B teams, 1A being the Toronto Maple Leafs, 1B being the Calgary Flames, taking on each, uh, each other this week, so we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and of course, Mitch Marner, and uh, the the history that he is making right now, so let's dip into the stuff, but anyway, hold on, let's just slow down here, so uh, how you guys doing, did you have a good week? I'm having a good week myself, so I'll just say I apologize that I didn't have the podcast out yesterday, I normally have them out on Wednesday, but yesterday my wife and I were just having a real good Christmas movie day, and we're just chilling, hanging out catching up on some uh some pay-per-views that we were behind on so on and so forth went out and did our shopping and all that so the day got quite busy and uh i had today off so i was like fuck it i'll just do it on thursday so apologies for not having it out on wednesday for your for your hump day but yeah uh here it is it's better late than never i guess is the is the term that they always say but buddy did we ever take in some christmas movies yesterday uh we watched uh, Elf. Elf is a, just a classic. I mean, definitely within the, the top 10 favorite Christmas movies for me all time. It might might be in that top five. Might be in that top five. We were talking about that a lot last night, my wife and I, and I haven't really uh, solidified a list yet, but I do have my top two favorite movies. One of them being Jingle All the Way. Watched that yesterday. Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Turbo Man. Oh, what a great movie, man. That one just continues to get better with age. As the years go, it was always, I've been watching that movie since very early in my life, and it just continues to grow on me and gets funnier every single time that I watch it. I absolutely love that movie, so we crushed that one last night, a great time. And I uh, really, up, up next, we want to watch the new A Christmas Story, whatever, with the with the, the kid playing the adult now, so I, I really want to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. If anyone out there has watched it, the, uh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it even if it's terrible. I'm, I'm, i I got to watch it because Christmas Story is is it's one or number two of my favorite Christmas movies. It's, it's a Christmas Story or Jingle All the Way. Like I know Jingle All the Way is a little crazy, but I'm telling you, man, that movie is so freaking funny, so quotable for me. Like, yeah, I love Jingle All the Way so fucking much, but uh, watch that. Watch the UFC pay-per-view, took in all that. Uh, wow, that was uh, that was something, wasn't it? Anyone that watched it, uh, wow. Uh, was not expecting that finish there at the ending. I would say it was a, quite a controversial pay-per-view for me because I didn't agree with either the co-main event or the main event the way that both of those results came out. Um, don't think Patty, the Patty should have won that fight, in my opinion. And then the fucking draw... For the main event, like, oh my god, I don't know what judge was smoking crack that night, but he was whoever, like, the judges were fucking out of control that night. They fucked up big time, and, uh, yeah, so that was a big disappointment. Otherwise, the pay-per-view was, the main, the main card was okay. Apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and watching the, the prelims now, and, uh, that seems to be going better than the main event, or the main show, so, yeah, there's that. Anyway, 
Let's get into the hockey talk. Let's start off with some news. Let's start off with some uh, suspension news. So some of these might be done by now, but regardless, I'll still talk about them. Jeff Skinner was suspended three games for a cross-check. I forget who it was on, but goddamn, if you didn't see that, like go check it out. That was a vicious cross-check to the face. Jeff Skinner must have been having a really bad night, man. He was, and that's not something, as far as I know, I don't recall Jeff Skinner being that kind of player. But yeah, he got his stick up there and just cracked Buddy in the face, right in the face, with his stick. Vicious. He gets, he earns himself a three-game suspension for that. And then Jamie Oleksiak was also suspended three games for an illegal check to the head. Again, I, I didn't. I should have wrote down who that was on and what game and whatnot, but that's my fault. So, uh, but regardless, Jamie Alexiak, he's a, he's a big boy. He's gotten in trouble, I believe, a few times. So, uh, three games for an illegal check to the head. Never good to see a, a check to the head. You know, it, it's it, he's a big guy, so it, it's it's hard sometimes when you're a bigger guy and sometimes your shoulder just happens to meet with some other people's head because you're so much bigger. But regardless, he gets the three game suspension. And that's not all right. There's uh, there, we'll, we'll talk about uh, what's his face. Pierre Engvall got a suspension as well. It was a one game. It really didn't matter in the long run. It's fine. It's over with now. It was like, I don't know. If, I didn't really catch it, honestly. I watched that game, but then I was like, I wasn't really paying attention because they were just slaughtering the the Kings. It was on Sean Dursey when he smacked him in the face or something by accident. Regardless, he got a, he got a one gamer for that. Pierre Engvall is trust me, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He's he's big for nothing. He's massive and chiseled out of stone, but he doesn't use his body. So I, 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 I it, one game fine, whatever. I'm over it. Re- wasn't really mad about it in the first place, but all right, let's move into some ridiculous news. So Tage Thompson. Holy jumping! So this guy uh, made me lose my fantasy week this uh, this past week because uh, basically his ridiculous five goal performance. Are you kidding me? And on top of that, he throws in an assist to go with that. So oddly enough, there is actually a little bit of like stink, a little bit of stank coming out of of what would be a good story. A guy scoring five goals in I, I, he did it in such quick fashion too, man. I think he got. The hat trick in one period in like six minutes or something. It was an outrageous, outrageous performance by Tage Thompson. And uh, the all-time record for most goals scored in one game is uh, took place over a hundred years ago in the in the 20s, I believe, the 1920s, not the 2020s, the 1920s. By I believe his name was Joe Mullen. He scored seven goals in one game, and um, I believe it was. Uh, uh, Merrick uh, of the 32, po- uh, 32 Thoughts podcast, he came out and he was pretty upset at the fact that basically Tage Thompson was basically benched after he scored his fifth goal. The game was out of hand. It ended up being a 9-4 to game final for the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres won. And uh, yeah, he only ended up playing 13 minutes in that game. And he scored five goals and one assist. So the coach was saying that, well, we didn't want to run up the score. And usually when a player has that many points already and has performed that well, the game's already out of hand. You're going to rest your stars just to prevent that. You know, you don't want them to go out there, get injured. Maybe the game takes an ugly turn because the other team's getting pummeled by Tage Thompson, and maybe someone takes a run at him because they're like, okay, that's enough. We're gonna, we're, I've had enough of you scoring goals on us all the time, so I'm going to take out your knee or something. So 
Tage Thompson ended up sitting for the majority of the rest of the game, after, or most of the third period at least. And um, what's this fucking... I can't... Um, Merrick uh, wanted him to uh, give be given the chance to go after that record, to try and get seven goals and maybe even break the record and get eight goals. Now, honestly, like, I get it. I get why he was he, he would want that. But, like, come on, man. Like, realistically, he was having an unbelievable game. But for him to score... Four, th- three more goals on top of that to break the record. I don't know, man. Like, Tage Thompson's really good. I believe they're playing Columbus. They're terrible. And uh, Tage Thompson was absolutely feasting on them. But I don't think it's really that big of a deal, man, to have the most goals scored in one game. Regardless, he had a five-goal performance. I think he's pretty happy about it. And I don't think Tage Thompson was thinking all that much about, hey, maybe I'll break that 100-year record or anything. Would it have been cool? Absolutely. That would have been amazing. Someone to break a record that's been standing strong for over 100 years and no one's been able to break. Even guys like Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall, incredible goal scorers, Ovechkin, no one's been able to do it. And Tage Thompson looked like he had a great opportunity. If he played an extra five minutes or whatever, do I think he would have scored another three goals? I highly doubt it. Yeah, he was on a heater, but I don't think it was all that big a deal. He was pretty much the only guy that I saw this week that was really making a stink about it. I think I don't really care about it. It's fine. Joe Mullen, you can have the record, bro. It's not a big deal. Tage Thompson is just happy that he is crushing it in Buffalo. It is absolutely ridiculous what he is doing over there. And there was a little comment made on Spit and Chicklets, which, like... I was kind of happy that they said it because I was thinking it like a couple weeks ago and I was too chicken shit to say it out loud, but they said it on Chicklets and I believe it was Ryan Whitney, the wit dog who said it, but, and don't take it the wrong way. Now we're not, now he's not saying that Tage Thompson is Mario Lemieux or anything, but every now and again, I 100% agree with his statement here. Every now and again. You, when you watch Tage Thompson do his stuff, he kind of has flashes of looking like Mario Lemieux. And I 100% agree with that because, like, you watch Mario Lemieux. He it was huge. He was, like, six foot six. He was massive, 200-plus pounds, big boy. He was basically a power forward, but he had the hands and the speed to go with it that not many power forwards have ever done. And I think Tage Thompson is up there with that style of play. No, he's not Mario Lemieux, but goddamn, does he ever show flashes of like looking like Mario Lemieux, man? Like, Tage Thompson is massive. He is six foot seven, big, big boy, and it looks like now everything is kind of balanced out. His he's kind of filled into his body. He's understanding how to utilize his massive frame. Uh, properly and look at him go now five goal performance and man I have to say when I was watching those highlights I was sitting there going like dude this guy kind of looks like Mario Lemieux out out there he's he's just so big and smooth with his hands and skating it's just not something I've seen very often if not ever other than Mario Lemieux a guy that's that big moving around the way that Tage Thompson does like his hands are so slick man he scored so many gorgeous goals like it's wild man Tage Thompson is like, if I was a Buffalo Sabres fan, I would at least be going nuts about my young my young stars over there playing so good. Uh, excuse me. And on top of that, the fucking contract that Tage Thompson signed. Wow, let's just revisit that for a hot second. So, last year he signs this big old extension, and a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. He's only scored 30, what was it, 37, 38 goals. He's only done this once. I don't know about that. And... 
all of a sudden, boom, within six, not even six months, this deal looks like it's going to be one of the best bargains in the NHL. Getting comparisons to Nathan McKinnon's contract before he signed his big one where he was making only like what six million dollars or something and he was a, he's one of the best players in the league and Tage Thompson now making under eight million dollars and the way that he's playing right now looks incredible so well done Buffalo Sabres with that deal Tage Thompson is destruction and what do you guys think do you do it like if there's Buffalo Sabres fans listening if you are hi there how you doing uh, I, I really do like your young stars over there and Alex Tuck is Fuck, man, I love Alex Tuck. He's so awesome. Darlene, Owen Power. I mean, if all you need, all you really need is like just hope that Uka Pekalukinen can uh, emerge as a as a starting goalie, hopefully an elite goalie, something like that. Then I would say, like, goddamn, I would say uh, Buffalo is looking pretty set up there. If they could just get. Uh, is Tage Thompson a center? I'm not 100% on that one. I think he is, but you can get another center or something a little bit more forward. And you start filling out that roster, maybe with a few good free agency pickups, maybe a trade or two with some of the with some of the draft picks. We'll see where it goes. <coughs> Excuse me. Buffalo's got some good pieces over there, and wow, at least Tage Thompson is a delight to watch over there night after night. Like wow, he is impressive, man. And that five goal performance, like I said virtually made me lose my fantasy week i was playing against uh, uh an opponent that had him on the team and he basically was able to uh get her the the win over myself i mean my mcdavid pretty much was able to keep up with tage thompson throughout the week that's just and uh yeah that's just a, what a performance from tage thompson wow incredible player absolutely incredible and what a contract speaking of incredible player Alexander Ovechkin. So this is another one of the reasons why, well, there's a couple reasons why I wanted to hold off on the podcast. A, there wasn't as as much news as I wanted to, and B, I wanted to see if Ovechkin was going to pass Gordie Howe, or I at least wanted him to hit 800 goals, and he did that. So, well, he did one of them. He didn't pass Gordie Howe, but he did hit 800 goals. Only the third player in NHL history to do so. The grade eight, Alexander Ovechkin, hits 800 friggin goals wow dude and he's he's not slowing down yeah i know he's picking up some friggin empty net goals or whatever it doesn't matter he's still putting it in the net at his age he's still not really slowing down at all he's still getting it done man and now he's trademarked a uh, a new uh, term called the great chase gr8 chase so that's phenomenal we are now in the great chase, the the hunt for 900, basically, I would say, is on now. I don't think Ovechkin is going to rest until he hits that 900, passes passes Gretzky at I believe Gretzky's at 894, but I I want I want Ovechkin to hit 900 and be the only player to do so. That would be just the cherry on top, I think. And uh, wow, dude! And on top of that, the the Capitals have been pulling it back together a little bit here. So Darcy Kumper went down, and Enter freaking Charlie Sideburns. Charlie Lindgren coming in there, and he's just been winning, bro. Winning, winning, winning. I literally picked him up today in fantasy because I was like, Jesus, man, look at him go. He is on a heater right now, and the Washington Capitals are are on a heater themselves. They're performing quite well right now. I'm just going to pull up Mr. Uh, Lindgren's last few games here, and we'll see how he's been doing. Just bear with me. 
All right, Mr. Lindgren. So how many wins in a row? One, two, three, four, five wins in a row, allowing only two goals, one goal, one goal, two goals, and then three goals in his last game. So maybe the wheels are starting to fall off the bus right now for Charlie Lindgren. I mean, it was only a three goals against. It's not bad, especially in this NHL. That's not that bad. But hey, he's been performing really well there. If you didn't hear those, those goals against numbers pretty darn well. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't face over 30 shots in any of those games. So that I would have to say that that means that the Washington Capitals are starting to play better. And it looks like they're starting to get healthier. I believe Tom Wilson is inching closer to a return here. So that is going to be a huge piece for the Washington Capitals. I mean, Tom Wilson is is the is a secret ingredient in the NHL. He's a type of player that it's, it's just not around much in the NHL. And yeah, Tom Wilson sort of backed off a little bit last year with the with the Gaga, yeah, oh, the Gaga, the Gaga. No, but seriously, he he backed off a bit with the shenanigans. Yeah, he's still he's still in there. Like he's not gonna lose that element. But I think he focused a little bit more on the offense and just playing a little bit more responsibly, taking another step in that maturity level. But regardless, Tom Wilson is a is a fantastic player, a very important piece for the Washington Capitals. So they're going to be very excited to be getting him back and to be getting healthier overall in general. But right now, I mean, damn, Charlie Sideburns, Charlie, Charlie Lindgren is keeping the water out of the boat in Washington. They're climbing back up in there. I still have them missing the playoffs, but that's just because the East is just looking so strong, man. And then the emergence of New Jersey, Detroit is still hanging on in there. You got the Islanders are back into it, or the like. The Rangers are still around there; they're not dead. Like there, it's there's it's very busy in the East right now. So I don't know, man. Like I, it's hard to count out of Etchkin. You know, Pittsburgh is back. They're fucking. They're right back into it again. I, I FC8. This is why I couldn't count out Pittsburgh, man. I just I cannot count out Pittsburgh because of Crosby. I don't want to count out Ovechkin, but uh, you know Crosby just controls the game in a different way. They're they're just different kind of players, and uh, yeah, I, I have a harder time counting out Crosby right now, and and the Pittsburgh Penguins in general, with with Latang coming back and all that stuff. Oh, what a rally! But regardless. Ovechkin hits 800 goals, only a matter of time before he passes Gretzky. No, he's not going to pass him this season, maybe not even next season, but I would say a guaranteed that third season, it's going to get very, very interesting for the great chase and the great eight, Alexander Ovechkin. And within, who knows, by the next podcast, more than likely going to be talking about Ovechkin again, as he's going to be passing Gordy Howe, who is second on the all-time goal leader list and the other day i have to just shout out the hockey guy had an an excellent video the other day on the career of gordy howe and it was an extremely interesting video gordy howe had a, a very very interesting career this guy played in the nhl he was playing in the nhl at 52 years old he was 52 he was playing with his children that were in the nhl that's how fucking crazy this guy's career was man he played a ton of games one of the most if not the most consistent hockey player ever i would it's he's definitely debatable so i would suggest you go over there check out that hockey guy video the career on gordy howe very very interesting guy right there for sure and uh yeah so he's going to be getting passed here by by alexander ovechkin and the great chase is officially officially on because now it's trademarked so there you go so alexander ovechkin getting it done baby 
Speaking of getting it done, uh, Chara was getting it done over the last week. He uh, made an appearance on a podcast, and uh, he was talking some shit about the Vancouver Canucks uh, back in the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals when uh, Boston was playing the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, allegedly, now it's allegedly, I'm not confirming any of this, but allegedly, according to Chara, and he wasn't very uh, consistent with his storytelling, but he claimed that the Vancouver Canucks were spotted hanging out in the Boston Bruins arena on their, the practice or whatever, and they're practicing handing off the Stanley Cup to each other because they believed that the series was already won and there was no way that the Boston Bruins were going to win this series. No way, because I believe at that time Vancouver was up 2 nothing. It looked really good for Vancouver at that time. So... Apparently the Bruins found out about this. This fueled them, pissed them off. They're like, oh my god, no way they're practicing on our ice, winning a Stanley Cup. It's fucking on. So apparently that fueled the Bruins. They went on and won the Stanley Cup. Absolutely slaughtered the the Canucks on home ice in Game 7. In pretty embarrassing fashion, a riot takes place. But regardless, uh, Charas is claiming all this that the that the Vancouver Canucks did that and said this and and did all that stuff so Kevin Bieksa who is on the panel for CBC or whatever he says all right I've heard enough of that shit I'm going to address this on Saturday night so he did that and basically just shut all that shit down he was uh kind of offended and uh just upset that Chara would even you know, spew these kind of words and, and the, the disrespect felt. And yeah, I kind of side on BXA because Chara went from, oh, we we saw them to, oh, we heard. And then, oh, I think that we heard and so on. So his story would divulge each time he would retell it. So no, I don't think any of that happened. More than likely, it was a fabricated story from a Bruins journalist or a Bruins I don't know, hot, someone in their locker room or something to get them going because they're down to nothing in the series. So you got to light a flame under that team. And that and it seemed to work, man. It fucking worked. If that's how it went down, it absolutely worked. So whoever started up that story, good for you. It, it fueled the Boston Bruins to a to a, quite a dominating performance in the, in the back half of, of that series and got them the Stanley Cup. But yeah, I, I found it quite interesting that... Uh, well, A, that, that Chara went on that particular podcast, I forget the name of it, not one that I've ever heard of, and not on one of the more major ones that, uh, uh, so yeah, maybe we're going to start seeing Chara popping around on more podcasts, and that would be awesome, because he's definitely going to have a handful of stories, guy's been in the NHL for, for fucking ever, and uh, so yeah, I found that quite interesting that they addressed it, uh, and made it like a whole thing on air which is like which was great because it was one of the most interesting things i've seen on hockey night in canada in a long time because oh my goodness man hockey night in canada sucks so hard now and (coughs) trust me it hurts me to say that i grew up on hockey night in canada and i loved it and it's not i'm not saying it's like oh it's not just because don cherry's gone it's because i just think ron mclean is so boring and he just doesn't make make it very interesting or compelling or, or, or anything. He just tries to draw out the, which is good. Like I, that's fine. You can draw out the good stories, but I think he should have his own show to do that. And he can spotlight all these great little stories and stuff. But when it comes to hockey night in Canada, man, that's not really what people are here for. They're looking for like the hard hitting news and big stories, not the nice feel good stories. That's nice every now and again, but every single Saturday, like I don't watch the first intermission stuff. I go watch another hockey game or I'm off doing something else because I just, 
it's not that I don't care. It's just that it's not compelling enough. And there's other things that I can do with my time. And uh, I always make sure to check in on the second intermission when they have the 32 thoughts. I think that segment is excellent. There's always good news that excellent news in, in that, in those segments. So I love that. But anyway, I found that to be a pretty compelling segment out of them this week. So that was fun. What'd you guys think about that? You, you siding on Chara or BX's side? Do you think that the Canucks were actually doing that? I think there's a little bit of truth to that. Like, yeah, there were probably like, they probably had discussions. Like you would have to have that discussion, right? Like, okay, well, who should we pass it to? Maybe just so you don't want to be caught with your pants down. And like, if you don't know who to pass it to, if the, when the time comes, right? So you got to be prepared. You got to talk about it. So I imagine that they did that, but no, I don't think they're out there with a little replica Stanley cup and they're all passing around going, yeah, this is awesome. Look at us, everybody. We're whooping the Bruins. I would love that to be true, but sadly, I don't think it's true. So that's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was something I thought was pretty fun this week. Um, now, something that's not so fun also coming out of Vancouver is uh, the trade rumors that have been swirling around Bo Horvat over the last, I don't know how long this has been going on now, but it's definitely been going on for quite a while now, In especially this season. He's got one more year on his contract. He is the captain of the Vancouver Canucks who are... They're fighting it, man. Like, they were definitely out of it. Now they're only three points out of a playoff spot, which is wacky. That's just how weird the West is right now. Um, And he's crushing it. He's absolutely crushing it. He's having a career year. He is in in the Rocket Rouchard race right now for most goals scored in the league. He's he's having a phenomenal year. He's on a pretty damn nice contract right now, making like $5.5 million. And is this guy going to get traded or, or is Vancouver going to find a way to be able to keep this guy? And, oh man, I don't know. That's so tough because it really seems like Bo Horvat wants to stay. And, but like, I just don't know why he would want to. It just, the, the, the franchise has done nothing good for him. His time being there, like they just don't seem to have anything together. So if he gets an opportunity to go somewhere better with a better opportunity, I would take it if I were him, but I would totally understand if if he fucking signs an eight-year deal and sticks with him. It's going to be a rough, rough go. I mean, look at it with JT Miller right now. He just signed his eight-year deal, and it's uh, going. It's, it's not even started yet. And it already looks like he's like, oh, fuck, I've made a grave, grave mistake signing an eight-year deal in Vancouver. So I don't know what they're going to do with Bo Horvat, man, but it, it was getting the, the heat and the, the talks around it were getting so much that Bo Horvat actually had to come out and address it to the media. And he and he said, like, he's like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's honestly been a distraction. Like, it's affecting his game. He's not been producing the way that he has been at the beginning of the season, which I think was expected. I don't think anyone was really expecting to keep up that level of production because it was just so astronomically good for Bo Horvat's level. He's never really shown uh, that level of offensive production. He's been a very good player, but this is like tops of the league right now he's incredible so uh yeah it's taken a dip a little bit and a lot of that's just all this media crap going on around him and and he's he's got to be getting sick of that as well i mean the vancouver and just canadian media with hockey is just always always a talking point unless you're like in winnipeg where it seems the media is is, is not so bad but yeah man i i can only imagine that it's uh, it's wearing on him. It's probably wearing thin. He's getting sick of it. Teammates are probably getting sick of it. He had to apologize to his teammates because he probably just feels bad because they're getting asked about it all the time. Oh, 
oh, hey, uh, freaking Brock Besser, awesome that you uh, scored a goal tonight for uh, f- uh, Hockey Fights Cancer, but uh, do you think that Bo Horvat's going to get traded? Where do you think he's going to go and uh, and uh, all that stuff? So, yeah, it obviously is, ge- is going to be annoying. It's going to weigh on the Vancouver Canucks, who right now they just want to try and get the hell back into uh, contention, get back into a playoff spot, get the hell back into it, and... I find I found it quite shocking that I looked today and I saw that there were actually only like three points out of a playoff. So, yeah, they're officially not dead, dead. But oh man, I struggle to believe, like to to give to have the optimism for them to make it into the playoffs. There's just so much shit around them right now. But their offense is excellent. It's just they can't. Their defense is so bad, and they can't fucking get. They can't stop any pucks right now. So. Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think that Bo Horvat is going to end up getting traded somewhere? Vancouver Canucks fans is the ones that I'm most interested in. Like, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think just out of respect and, and sure love for Bo, Bo Horvat, you would just want him to go somewhere and have success? Or or do you just want him to be here? He, if he wants to be here, let him be here. He's your captain. He's a great player. And I would totally understand wanting to keep him. So I, 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 I personally think it would be best for the Vancouver Canucks to... To move on from him, get what you can for him. His value has never been higher, so I, I think you should try and move him. If if the if you can get the right thing for him, then yeah, move him. And it's it, as long as he's not he's not coming out and saying I want out of here and stuff like that, then it's good. Then Vancouver's in a good position, and he's not coming out saying I want out of here. It's horrible. I hate this place. So. Yeah, he hasn't tanked his value. He hasn't done anything like that. So that's good for Vancouver. So they're still in control in a way with Bo Horvat. But uh, yeah, sooner rather than later, they're going to want to have to deal with this. Uh, I I don't know how much longer they're going to want to wait. Right now would not be an optimal time to offer him a contract considering he's crushing it this season. But if he slows down a little bit, maybe there's an opportunity to, to open that door and talk a little bit. But that's how it's going right now. I'm just feeling a little bit for Bo, Bo Horvat, who clearly just wants to play hockey and not have to deal with this crap right now. And uh, yeah, but at least he's still having a great year. The guy's gonna get paid, man. Like I just want him to get paid. I don't I, like. I don't want him to take a discount to stay with Vancouver while other guys are making a shitload of money. That shouldn't be like Tyler Myers or something like that. And like, no, I think Bo Horvat's earned his money and he shouldn't have to take a discount because the Vancouver Canucks organization is sometimes an absolute joke. So, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping for the best for Bo Horvat. Speaking of the best, we got a milestone, baby. And just, just, uh, just the Ovechkin one and another player that I I really do like. And I think he's underrated. David Perron hits 1000 games in the NHL fantastic milestone congratulations david perron underrated player man i've i've been picking this guy consistently in fantasy for years and he never lets me down other than when he gets into a little bit of injury trouble but when this guy's in the lineup he produces he is very important to a lineup i mean look what he did with st louis and he was in st louis last year he ain't there this year look how st louis is doing this year not so good and i feel like losing david perron was a bigger blow than i think people intended it or maybe thought that it was going to be maybe st louis fans knew how important david perron as a player was for them and uh maybe some didn't and now they're learning that the hard way but regardless he's there in detroit now he's doing great in detroit and uh yeah man he hits 1000 games i think he's a fantastic player he's he's got a little bit of everything man he's very talented he's a very interesting player he was a late blue a late developer he got into hockey late 
and he just kind of skyrocketed up and became, I believe he was a first round pick. And yeah, he was a very, very talented player out of the gate. And uh, yeah, he continues to kind of just continue. Uh, I said continue a lot right there, but he continues to get better as he ages doesn't seem to be slowing down, continues to put up consistent numbers, and I really, really like David Perron. He has a little bit of that edge to his game, too. Like, he's not afraid to get in there. He's a guy that I would really like to have on my team going into a playoff series. That's the kind of guy you want to take with you going into a battle. So, uh, congratulations, David Perron, on 1,000 games. Speaking of congratulations, congratulations to the Seattle Kraken on claiming Eli Tolvanen on waivers. Now, I don't know if it really deserves a congratulations, but I think it's a great move. There's there's not, no real problem picking up Eli Tolvanen. So if you don't know who Eli Tolvanen is, he was a first-round draft pick in like 2018 or something. Quite a highly touted draft pick at the time. A lot of people believe that, oh, this guy's going to be something one day. You just wait and see. And, um, yeah, it looks like the Nashville Predators fans organization have been uh, waiting and seeing for long enough, and they are moving on from Eli Tolvanen. He kind of got, Nashville's been going through a little bit of defensive uh, injury issues, and they needed needed defense up in the system. Someone needed to go down. Eli Tolvanen was the guy to be sent. He had to clear waivers. He did not clear waivers. He almost did. He got, he cleared like 22 teams. Seattle Kraken was up next. They said, fuck it. Let's take a chance on this kid. And I think it's a good move. So why I think this is a good move. So they have, they already have a guy kind of similar to Eli Tolvanen on their team in Daniel Sprong, who is producing very well in a role that they've designed for him to produce well. And he's crushing it. And I think that maybe they can find a similar role for Eli Tolvanen here uh as david as uh daniel sprung so daniel sprung's role is that so this guy is talented right he's very talented he's got a wicked shot on him same with eli tolvin got some talent here offensive talent guy's got a good shot everything else eh, eh, leaves more to be desired we'll leave it at that but seattle has found a way to utilize daniel sprung in a really good way where he's playing on the fourth line playing roughly 10, 12 minutes a game, and he's putting up consistent numbers. Really good numbers for a fourth-line guy playing that amount of minutes. So, Kraken are probably sitting there like, hey, we've had success doing this with Daniel Sprong. Let's try it again with this guy over here. Maybe it's going to be even better. Maybe this guy's shot is even better better than Daniel Sprong. Daniel Sprong was a second-round pick, I believe. So, we'll see. I really like the pickup for the Kraken. I, I expected him to get picked up the second I saw him because it's, it's a first-round prospect. So, like... You know, if you can't turn him around, turn him into something, there's really no loss. You can just move on from him, wave him yourself. It doesn't really matter. So I like the pickup for the Seattle Kraken. Who knows? Maybe this guy becomes something. Chances are he won't, but regardless, it's a fine move for the Kraken. There's really no risk to it. So there you go. Good job for the Kraken. They're also been fighting it a little bit, you know, like maybe that's my fault because I, 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 I put the, I put the thing on them that, yeah, I felt like they're going to make the playoffs. I think it'd be a really fun. They're kind of under the radar performing really well. And then they went on a bit of a skid and now they're kind of like, you know, back into the win loss kind of deals. So yeah, we'll see how it goes with Seattle Kraken. I'll keep my eye on them, but uh, yeah, I saw that they definitely were fighting it there after I said that, yeah, they should make the playoffs. They've been playing really well. And then, yeah, went on a little bit of a skid there, but it looks like they're 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 riding the ship a little bit here. So let's let's continue with Kraken. I just think it would be cool if they made it because they, I don't know, they seem like fun team, okay? Now, 
let's talk about some really fun shit that went on this week, man. Okay, so if you haven't heard about the fucking brawl that went down at Mullet Arena this week, oh my goodness, look it up immediately. Just look up Mullet Arena Brawl. It'll be the first video that pops up and just sit back and relax and enjoy yourself. One of the wildest brawls I have ever seen take place in an arena. In a hockey game, probably, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. I've been in a few mosh pits, and uh, but those are, like, supposed to be crazy. And you don't necessarily expect a brawl like this to take place at a hockey game all the time. But... Holy fuck, dude. Wow. What a brawl. So my buddy Kyle sends me a, me- a, vi- a little picture saying that someone's finger got bit off in this brawl. I was like, what? And I looked into it and then I saw the videos of this brawl. I was like, holy crap. So at Mullet Arena, I believe it was the Arizona versus Boston game, which was a disgrace for the Bruins fans because they lost that game. Jeremy Swayman. Anyway, not talking about that, but a brawl breaks out in the crowd and i believe it was a freaking bruins guy wearing a marchant jersey of course there was going to be a brawl and if you're ever going to look for the root evil into a brawl look for the boston bruin jersey because they're probably the one that started that shit because their team was getting their ass kicked not really but they were losing to uh, a team that they shouldn't have been losing against and more than likely some guy said haha bruins suck and then the bruin fan ripped off his fucking shirt and, and started going mma on everybody because that's how they do things, and uh, definitely uh, alcohol was involved, but yeah, dude, this brawl got absolutely out of hand, a woman got absolutely decked, absolutely decked with a fucking hook, bro, and she took it like a champ, she gets it right in the face, hits the ground, and Pops right back up, right back into that fight. That chick was from Boston or something. I don't know. That chick was like, she must have had three boys or something or had a bunch of brothers growing up. Chick was tough. Right back into the fight. And then here comes security. So there's two types of security, right? You got, uh, you know, I'm not paid enough to do this crap kind of guy. Like, I'm just going to sit back, rather call back up and let more people come and deal with this or professionals deal with this. And then there's the overachiever who wants to like, be a real cop or something and this guy just goes fucking superman torpedo himself right into the middle of the brawl just goes diving like fucking five rows into the middle of the mix just gets in there starts pulling people apart while the other security guards up there just hey i need backup here and ted's in the in the shit right now we're gonna we're gonna need uh we're gonna need a lot of help here wow what a freaking brawl all the while the the hockey game is just going on players are playing the game announcements are going being called like it's insane dude you have to go check out this brawl if you haven't already and if you have seen this brawl do we have any confirmation on someone's finger being bitten off and what the actual fuck why are don't bite people don't bite people stop that oh my goodness what are you mike tyson out there they're gonna rip an ear off unbelievable wow so that happened that happened do yourselves a favor go watch that definitely not in the in the christmas seasons over there in the mullet arena that night uh the alcohol was flowing they must have had some spiked eggnog or something it's ridiculous over there speaking of ridiculous over there dude had did you see what thomas shabbat did this week i couldn't freaking believe i've never seen anything quite like this other than that time that Thomas Vokun almost got his head taken off by his own teammate when he cracked the stick over his head. If you haven't seen it, again, YouTube, 
Thomas Vokun, it'll probably be the first thing that pops up. Anyway, so Thomas Shabbat sitting on the bench, just, you know, having a rough time, pretty pissed off. Apparently he got, he got hit in the face a little early, wasn't too happy about it. So he decides I'm going to crack my stick against the glass and break it out of frustration. But he missed. And he cracks Thomas freaking Hammond, or is that his name? Hammonick, whatever. Hammonick, he cracked him right in the fucking face with his stick. Instantly goes, oh, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Hammonick is just like, bro, what the actual fuck? Like, I don't know if, if Hammonick already had his teeth missing, but teeth were missing. I don't know if he had his teeth fucking knocked out of his head, but Thomas Shabbat, what the fuck were you doing right there, dude? Like, holy crap freaking calm down like i cannot believe he did that so <laughs> and and hamannick isn't necessarily the most popular guy in ottawa when it comes to the fans they're not really um in love with with hamannick over there so that just makes it even more worse for poor hamannick man he's probably like fuck this dude like i want to retire i'm going home i hate this crap i'm taking my money and i'm going home but fuck hamannick that sucks dude yeah, rough week rough week but um you know who didn't have a rough week? The Toronto freaking Maple Leafs, baby. Oh my goodness. What a slaughter of a week, man. Like, two shutouts. We scored five goals was the least amount of goals we scored in games this week. So, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, um, well, let's let's get the bad stuff out of the way before we get into the good. So, Nicky Bobby, Nick Robertson suffered another injury this poor freaking kid just cannot get any luck going on he is out six to eight weeks come on god damn it all i prayed for all i was asking for for christmas this year was a healthy season healthy season out of nick robertson and i didn't freaking get it instead a big old sack of coal thumped on my head with a six to eight week injury fuck god damn it i just like oh it's so frustrating, man. And this was a really important season. And man, that just that's so devastating for poor Nicky Bobby. And man, like I know he hasn't really gotten it going necessarily this season. He had that one great game in Dallas where he scored two goals and it looked like, oh shit, oh shit, it's happening. He's emerging. And then like couldn't get into the lineup consistently when he was in there. He just wasn't really putting up any points or anything. And now he's hurt. So fuck sakes, man. I don't know. It's gonna. It's been a really, really tough road for for Nick Robertson in the NHL, man. Like with COVID fucking him up, he fucking like broke his leg. What thing last year? Like, come on, like poor guy just can't buy luck. And I think officially now we can put the injury tag on this guy. Like, and it's not that I want to. I just think we kind of have to because it just it's just guy can't stay healthy, and it's really been affecting him. So yeah, so hoping for the best for Robertson to come back. Hopefully he can come back sooner rather than later, but let's hope for the six weeks rather than the eight, and maybe he can come back sooner than that. Get healthy, man. Get healthy. Pierre Engvall had a one-game suspension for the slash on Sean Dursey in the LA game. He already served it and came back and he's scoring again, so I don't think he really cared. Um, so the big thing I want to talk about this week was, so last year was clearly the year of Matthews, right? Wins the fucking Rocket 60-goal season. Wins the Hart MVP of the league. What a year for Matthews. Breaking records, all that stuff. Unbelievable year. So, is this going to be the year of Marner? 
Do you think maybe is Marner going to be in contention for a heart? He's on a 23 game point streak. He's put up like 30 over 30 points in that point streak. He has been dynamite on our penalty kill. He's really shown off how he's become a 200 foot player. Like, Dude, his back-checking this week, it was out of control. He's flying down there, just back-checking, getting that puck back. He is deadly on the penalty kill. Like, he really makes teams think twice when he's out there on the penalty kill because you, if you fuck up a pass, Marner gets it. You're fucked, man, and you're going to look like a dink because, I mean, Marner can make you look like a dink, and he's producing on, on uh, he's producing better than he ever has. he he seems to have confidence like he's never had or haven't hasn't had like this in a long time the mean mugging celebration i mean oh buddy i mean marner is buzzing right now so i'm just wondering and like matthews it's not that he's doing bad or anything but clearly right now he's being outshunned by marner and his performance right now i think that marner's just well it's not like matthews playing on penalty kill right now but I think Marner should maybe be getting a little bit of talks or at least some sort of talk in the top 10 for Hart because this guy is phenomenal. He's having a hell of a season. And I'm wondering, like, will this be the year of Marner? I, I highly doubt that he's going to um, out out Hart Connor McDavid with the kind of season that Marner's putting up. The big reason why Matthews got it is because he put up 60 goals and goals are very, very important. They're they're judged much more higher than an assist is, which Marner gets a lot of. He puts up his goals like he could very well hit 30 goals this season. I believe that's what he got last year in and around. He's close. So I, I yeah, I'm looking for Marner to at least break the century mark this year. Looks like he's well on his way of doing that. How long is this point streak going to go, man? He's at 23. He looks, he doesn't look like he's going to stop. It's barely been close that he hasn't uh, continued that point streak other than that one game where it was close with the empty netter. And and now I feel like the pressure has been, is off now that he's like actually broken the record. And now it's just like, whatever. I feel like the, the heat isn't as on for him to pass Patrick Kane at 26 games or even Matt Sundin at 30 games. <laughs> let's, let's not even talk about Wayne Gretzky, dude. He's at 51 games. So I don't think we're, I come on now. Let's be real. Don't think Marner's going to be hitting anything like that. But I realistically think that he can break the 30, 30 game Matt Sundin record. If I can see Marner doing like 33, man, honest to God, I can see him hitting like early thirties, mid thirties right now. He is just on it right now. He's all about getting points. Like, he's a very consistent guy at getting points. It's not like he's been out there game after game putting up, like, three points, four points, two points, four points, like like McDavid is. Like, you know, it's not... He's not putting up McDavid levels of production, but his consistency has been excellent. His 200-foot game has been excellent. His confidence through the roof. So... Yeah, we just need Mar- Marner needs to figure out how to stay here, stay right here. Don't let the outside noise creep in anymore. Like, just be in your bubble, baby. That's it. Just be you. Be Mitch Marner right now. Do the mean mug thing. Don't let anyone's shit come in on you and just keep it up, buddy. That's all I want out of you. And I really want this to be the year of Marner. Last year was the year of Matthews. Let's have it this year be the year of Marner and next year will be the year of the Willie. It's the big slappy Willie year. No, I don't know. Willie's having a great year this year as well. Leading the team in goals. I mean, 
just kind of quietly been back there. That's kind of Willie's game, man. He's just like, he can take over a game if he really puts his mind to it. The problem is he doesn't always want to do that. But uh, as long as he can do that, pull, turn on that switch for the playoffs. I love William Nylander. Contract looks excellent now. I mean, shut up. I, I like that contract when he signed it. I, and now it just keeps getting better and better. So, yeah, I, I don't know. William Nylander is excellent. I just wish we can have him turn that switch on more more often. But I understand it. I don't know. His dad was a hockey player, so his dad's probably telling him, like, yeah, you don't want to play 100% every single game, Willie. You know, it's a long season. But, yeah. Okay, so what else so that was it um and and let's just talk about the 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 goaltending this week man two shutouts this week both from sam sonoff matt murray had a had a kind of a rough game probably his worst game of the season uh, as a maple leaf so far but still got the win but um damn dude let's just talk about dubas and the gamble I mean, nobody, nobody came into this season. Barely anybody even thought it was going to be good. As far as I remember, I recall saying that this was an upgrade over Campbell and Morazic. I said that. I said that Murray and Samsonov, I feel better about that tandem than I did about Jack Campbell and Morazic. Most of that was going on Peter Morazic, less so on Soup. I still had confidence in Soup, but... I mean, look at what Jack Campbell's doing right now in Edmonton. He is struggling mightily, so that makes Dubas look even better. He didn't want to give a 5x5 five five to a guy that maybe he didn't feel was up to snuff and looks like a genius right now. If, if we were paying Jack Campbell 5x5 five five right now, $5 million per season, and he was putting up an egg 60, Dubas would be on the chopping block right now. Come on, let's be real. And... Now, that would be the same case. Matt Murray right now was rocking an 860. Sam Sonoff rocking an 880. Probably be on the chopping block right now as well, but that's not what's happening. Sam Sonoff and Matt Murray are like top 10 in the league. I think freaking Sam Sonoff is like top three, top five in the league right now, save percentage, goals against average, all that stuff. Not only... So it's not just the goaltending, clearly. It is not just the goaltending. We can't put, we can't give all the praise just to Sam Stonehoff and Matt Murray. Now, praise is deserved, absolutely. I am giving them praise. Here, praise, 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 praise be. But we also have to praise the, the, the defense of the Leafs all around, team-wide. They have definitely taken another step towards that commitment to team defense, which is fucking finally... Why has it taken them so long? Like, I've been saying this forever. I wish I had a podcast, but I've been saying that forever. You got to commit more to the defense. And year after year, bit by bit, step by step, they've been taking more steps closer towards that team commitment to de- to defense. And I think year after year, those first round losses where they weren't committed to it, I think it's finally starting to sink in. It's and it, on paper. It's happening, bro. Their, their defensive numbers are excellent. Yes, their goals against come down, but that's what happens when you commit more to team defense. And team defense is just its just more important, man. It just is. And the Leafs have the skill to be able to put up enough goals. You don't have to be putting up four-plus goals per game, but you, you, you they had to bring down those goals against. Bringing down the goals against at the sacrifice of goals for, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, maybe... I kind of enjoyed watching the Leafs a little bit more last year. The games were a little bit more fun because you'd have these wild comebacks on the regular. But deep down, we all know 
That's not good. You don't want your team having to come back scoring three goals in five minutes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it was a ton of fun. And it was fun in the moment to celebrate it. But in the long run, you're like, fuck, man. That's not the way you win hockey games. That's not playoff hockey. And that's what fucking Keith has been stressing for years now. Gotta play playoff hockey. Gotta play playoff hockey. And they're starting to play playoff hockey. And yes, they did it last year. But I feel like this year they've, they've, they're doing it better. And they, they just got to stay with it, man. Don't lose that commitment to defense when things go wrong. And I think it's just so important, man. Like when... So this is usually what will happen in the playoffs. So when you got a team that is a offensively heavy-minded team and they rely heavily on their offense, that dries up pretty often in the playoffs. And when you don't have a good defense to rely back on, like the Leafs wouldn't. So when when they were desperate for goals, they definitely would turn on the gas on the offense and, and lay off a bit, take more risks on defense. And if they didn't have a strong enough defensive structure back there to rely on for when a mistake happens, which it always would. How many odd man rushes do we have? It's very consistent. And now they just seem to have that better commitment. You got guys coming back there. You got guys backing other guys up. If defenseman goes up, a forward's coming back. It's happening more often. So yes. It's just patience, man. It's patience. And that's what Dubas has been saying. It's like, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup overnight. These are young players. These are kids learning. People learn. I learn lessons every single day. I learn something new every day, as you should. Everyone should learn something new every single day. And the Leafs are learning something new every single day, defensively, mentally, so on and so forth. So there's still some hurdles here. Absolutely. They're not perfect. No team is perfect. But the Maple Leafs... It's looking good, dude. They're looking great. They're quite possibly, if not the hottest team in the league right now. And um, yeah, man, I just want to shout out Dubis. Your your gamble has been paying off, man. The goaltending tandem has been excellent. Absolutely excellent. And it started off with a 5 nothing win over the Los Angeles Kings this week. Uh, excuse me. TJ Brody returned to the lineup that game. The Leafs exploded for four goals in the second period of that game, and Marner scored a gorgeous blast bar down. I believe that was shorthanded as well to keep the 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 the, the what do you call it, the streak going. I was going nuts. They were in Toronto, and Sean Dursey had like I don't know. I think they said he had like two hundred friends and family in the crowd, so he bought a shitload of tickets, and the crowd just booed the bejesus out of him every time he touched that puck. Boo! so freaking funny and like you got to give props to his family and friends and stuff because they were all laughing his mom was laughing they're having a good time it was really freaking funny and it was a dominating performance man like la really wasn't in that game it was domination by the leafs 28 29 save shutout for samsonov and that won't be the only one he gets this week but before you get to that you got the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Calgary Flames. I was, that was like, oh, I was so fucking excited for that game, man. And it delivered. It was a really fun game. It was a 5-4 to four victory for the Leafs in overtime. Um, not much of a goaltending duel in that one. Uh, Murray didn't have a very good game, but the team bailed him out, man. They got him five goals, got him the win. Willie Nylander was buzzing in that game, man. He almost, he should have had a hat trick. He, he had a few chances of getting that hat trick. Had two goals, and... Yeah, dude, it was a it was a really really fun game, back and forth, lead changes, and then at the end of the game, after it, the Flames coach fucking Daryl Sutter comes out claiming all the Leafs get all the calls, calls going their way, and again, I think that's just Daryl Sutter being Daryl Sutter trying to change the narrative because 
if you actually look at the numbers, the Leafs actually get some of the least penalties for in the league. So shut up, old man, yelling at Cloud. Try better. and Read the game notes next time, bud. Like, do your research before you say crazy, stupid shit like that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I would, like... I think that goes for every team, man. Every team has a call that goes their way every now and again and calls that don't go their way. That's just how it fucking goes. There's tons of calls that don't go the Leafs' way, and then there's calls that do go our way. Like, I think that's pretty common for everybody in the league. I think it just goes to show that the refing sucks. I don't know. Anyway, and then we finish out the week with a fucking 7 to nothing slaughter. Absolute slaughter of the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, Oh, it wasn't even close, man. It was like watching an NHL team versus a minor league team. Damn, Anaheim. Oh, man, they're bad. Uh, We definitely got a revenge for losing to the Ducks earlier this season. Dallas Eakins, bro. The fucking Anaheim coaches, or the Anaheim Ducks coach. Holy fuck. Before the puck even hit the ice, that guy looked like he was going to die. He looked so miserable. He knew what was coming, man. He knew that the Leafs were going to fucking slaughter them tonight. And they did just that. It was it was bad. But what wasn't bad was freaking uh, Connor Timmons got three assists in that game. I had to I'd get like it was a seven nothing win. A lot of guys had good games, but Timmons had three assists. I thought that was noteworthy. And of course, Samsonov's recording his second straight twenty nine save shutout. Like, come on now, Samsonov! Like, what a guy! And then the interview after he's got the fucking belt, the the big championship belt on there. Oh my god! Does anyone know if you can buy those championship belts? If you know, please send me a link to where I can buy one of those championship belts with the Toronto Maple Leaf on it. I need that. I I need that i'm a huge wrestling fan and i love the toronto maple leafs i would love to have that thing in my house i i need that thing so if anyone knows where you can buy one of those please let me know i want one because that'd be great and uh yeah man tonight they're taking on the rangers that should be a really good game i i am looking forward to that that is in a few hours so it's uh, snowing like a bitch outside so i'm gonna have to go be canadian fight off the polar bears and and uh, warm up the old igloo and, and and start plowing away some snow because we're getting a big dump of it tonight and tomorrow so that's going to be a lot of fun but whatever i don't care we got some nice hockey i'm gonna make some nice hot chocolate and coffee and play a bunch of video games it's gonna be a great time you guys are getting hella close to the weekend and i think that that that's me wrapping up the podcast i guess uh, i hope you guys enjoyed it i'm sorry that it was a day late but like i said better late than never so uh what do we say y'all let's let's fucking wrap it up let's watch the leaves take on the rangers tonight i'm looking forward to that that should be a really good game getting closer to christmas i hope you guys got all your christmas shopping done i uh just bought another final gift for my grandmother today so uh it's supposed to get here tomorrow so i'm a terrible grandson i uh i I don't know i just got a new idea popped in my head i'm like oh i want to get her that now and then yeah so here we are anyway hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh there will be a hockey or uh, sorry, a wrestling recap on Saturday. That'll be a great time. They're doing a tribute to the troops this weekend. Doubt I'm going to be doing a separate podcast for that. I'll more than likely just throw it into next week's recap because it's 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 like a fun show, but it's not like a big storyline driven show or anything. It's just kind of a fun thing they do on the side. And uh, yeah, everybody, thanks uh, again. Just <laughs> thanks for listening. We've made it all the way through. You guys are fantastic. Enjoy the hockey this week. And um, yeah, there you go. If you want to. Um, 
want any more content go check out my youtube channel gamer gx videos playing uncharted 3 and disco elysium over there please go over there and check it out give a give the videos a like go subscribe all that great stuff links are down below and you can check it out on you check me out on twitter i i throw stuff up on there on occasion we could talk all that great stuff over there so take care everybody you're getting closer and closer to the weekend you're so close you're so close and of course go leafs go